Pretty Dece, Pretty Dece, here we go. Facebook.com slash Pretty Show. It's time to geek out with Josh, your host. What's going on, everybody? I'm Josh Meek, the Uber Geek. Welcome to Pretty Dece Director's Cut. This is the first episode, kind of zero, a pilot episode of a longer form Pretty Dece episode where we can go in depth, we can talk more about the news of the week, about movies we saw, about games we're playing, about whatever that we want to talk about. So basically, Pretty Dece, as you know and love, just more of it. So this is, as I said, kind of a a pilot. We're going to try to do these. Maybe once every couple weeks, we'll see how it goes. We're just kind of testing the waters here with this first episode. And unlike regular Pretty Dece, where I'm doing the show alone, usually, I have brought friends this week. So joining me on the show tonight, we've got my buddy Ross. What's up, Ross? Hello. Hello. And of course... Happy to be here. Um, Glad. First time listener, long time talker. First time, long time. You've been talking for a long time. That, I've been this... talking for a long time. I, I seldom listen, though. <laughs> Great. Awesome. <laughs> glad, glad I brought you along, then. <laughs> uh, and my friend Scott is here as well. What's up, Scott? Hello, hello. Hello. How's it going? Uh, it is good. It is good. So if people maybe don't uh, don't know us super well, or, or this might be like kind of the first time you're tuning in because this is a little bit different of a format for Pretty Dece. I thought maybe we could like, you know, give a brief little rundown about ourselves in terms of like what we're into, where we're coming at kind of pop culture and entertainment from, like what are our expertise, if if you will. Uh, so I'll start. Uh, so, you know, as you guys know, if, if you've been watching Pretty Dece, uh, I'm kind of into just sort of everything pop culture. I'm a big uh, comic fan, big movie fan, big video game fan. Try to kind of take as much of it in as I can. Um, and then specifically stuff maybe I don't get to talk about on Pretty Dece as often, uh, but I'm a big fan of. I'm a huge pro wrestling fan, <laughs> which is a super, super fun thing to do. So a lot of that will come up here and there. Uh, and I'm also a big fan of Magic the Gathering, which is a, a trading card game. So that's kind of that's kind of all my loves wrapped up in in together. Uh, if I had to pick one thing to say, like, that's what I am, I would say that I'm a gamer. I think that's probably where my uh, my first love comes from in terms of this type of stuff that we talk about. Uh, and, yeah, just kind of like to play everything, like like, like retro games, that kind of stuff. So, uh, Ross, how about you? What what are you into? Where are you coming from? Um, so I'm pretty much just a poser of what Josh just said. So <laughs> all everything that Josh is into I find super interesting. I just never know where to start. Um, yeah, That's but I enjoy playing a nice video game, uh, more than occasionally. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy movies and how movies tie in with either their parent material, whether that be books or, um, like poems or w- whatever the source material is that then like blows apart this movie or what it's based upon. I find that to be really neat. And I probably have to step up my game a little bit if I'm going to contribute in a relevant way to podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> Versus just shouting and things like that. Um, gonna try not to shout. Try to keep it happy. Try to keep it nice. <laughs> Happy's good. Um, but yeah, I enjoy. Um, I peruse comic books. I don't think I am as as much of a connoisseur as Josh is. I normally uh, pick up whatever he suggests that would be good to do. Um, I, yeah, I, I I do enjoy 
the more analytical side of some of both the video game world and of comic books and lore and how things are kind of structured in a little dash of realism really kind of sells the whole fantasy for me. Cool. I, I will say 2017 was a little bit like less of a comic year for me. I feel like I didn't read quite as many comics this year as in previous years. There was just stuff that was just like not as good for me. Like the whole like Secret Empire stuff in Marvel was just kind of lame and some weird stuff going on but i like ross when you you do like i think you were selling yourself short you get very like in depth into specific things like my favorite with you is like the halo lore like you got incredibly in depth in the halo lore and i love talking to you about halo and you telling me all the various ah. things that i had no idea about <laughs> so i love it i love it ah. when you do a deep dive on something i do really enjoy getting into the world of whatever it is whether it be halo or um, video games, like I started to really get into the Destiny lore before they decided to kick it to the curve. Decided <laughs> um, to stop doing lore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, like Star Wars, I in high school anyway, I had read all of the novels surrounding the different Star Wars yeah. um, movies. Not so much the post-Jedi, but everything like pre-Empire and before. So all of the uh, Mace Windu and Yoda and Count Dooku and all of those kind of prequel novels I was super into. And, I mean, they kicked a lot of that to the curb again, too. Yeah. That's, but yeah. Um, well, probably one of my favorite books and favorite trilogies is the, the Zahn trilogy that they decided to put together. It takes place post-Jedi. So yep. It kind of breaks the little rule I just set up before. But it is a fantastic series of books about, how, like, an, ad, an admiral of the Empire trying to, to revive it. And it's, it's quite fun. Yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll circle back around to Star Wars today. We have, we have a lot of Star Wars stuff to talk about as we're going to cover The Last Jedi. Uh, but Scott, how about you? What kind of stuff are you into? Where are you coming to kind of pop culture stuff from? Um, I I love video games. I've loved video games for forever. Um, I definitely had an Atari 2600. Nice. Played my share of Enduro and... Uh, what is... Uh, Battle Zone with the tanks. Yeah, that's the that that's game. the like tank game. Yeah, with the yeah yeah that's a I super fun that game. Yeah. <laughs> so um and I you know consoles here and there. I certainly haven't played everything under the sun, but I do enjoy getting getting into whatever I can, whatever I can find, whatever kind of trips my trigger for the moment. Um, I I think that I am a pretty good dabbler. You know, I I find different niches or genres that I like and kind of dive in. And then there will be whole other scapes that I just miss. I've never played an <laughs> Assassin's Creed game or Gears of War. Um, I've played um, Skyrim. I've, there's more, I've put more hours into that game than is really n normal for humans. <laughs> I, think. Oh, I mean, we could expand on the new mode that you just found out about, which I was like, why would anybody want to do that? <laughs> exactly why would anyone want to put themselves through that except there are crazy people out there and i'm not saying that i'm one of them who would <laughs> but i am go dive back into that game yet again um so yeah so i think that there are there are pockets of gaming that um that i've really gotten into and and psyched to share um i think uh movies also i'm a big i love going to the movies there's nothing better than Walking up, buying a ticket, grabbing some popcorn, 
I went and saw Darkest Hour last night nice. with Gary Oldman, and I think he may have mumbled his way into an Oscar. I don't know. <laughs> See, I was amazed because seeing just like the movie poster, I did not recognize that that was Gary Oldman. Yeah, they really like, like I and I Gordon really, rolling around this Churchill. That's I don't think it was CGI. I think that was really like the makeup is getting. It's just really good. Like he really, I, it was it was a fun movie. Um, so yeah, I, movies, gaming. Um, I I live my comic book life vicariously through my partner. So I am <laughs> surrounded by the entire Sandman collection and fables. Oh, and, nice. Any many other different books that I have read over the shoulder of, <laughs> uh, but not necessarily have done myself. And um, I was a Hulkamaniac once upon a time. Yeah, brother. But it's been a long, you know my my wrestling memories are you know the Million Dollar Man and the <laughs> Ultimate Warrior and the British Bulldog and. I can get down with all that. Yeah. <laughs> the old school. I, uh, um, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say like, I, I think dabbler is the perfect description of like how I experience a lot of stuff. Cause I like, I like kind of knowing about everything sort of that's going on and having like a cursory, like I, you know, to be able to talk to anyone about kind of anything like media pop culture wise. Uh, but I don't mm-hmm. necessarily like deep dive on every single game, every single thing. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, but like, every once in a while, there's every once in a while there's that one thing, and you're just like, right? I I just will tear it apart and crawl inside, you know, <laughs> look at all the forums yeah. and the, yeah. So. I'm really wanting that game again. Like I've missed that that thing that you just want to like figure out everything there is to know about it, and like waiting for any piece of content to drop that's like backstory or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's been sorely missing for me from for for 2017. I've been been waiting for something. I was hoping that maybe uh, DC would realize that, and then I would get into these little offshoot characters or something like that throughout the year with uh, Suicide Squad and things like that. That just didn't didn't really do it for me this year. But yeah. Anywho, that's fair. That's fair. I think. Um, so on the wrestling part, before we jump into the regular show, I I hope that pretty decent director's cut is my avenue sometimes to just gush at you guys about wrestling so, so you can just roll your eyes at me since i don't normally have the the avenue for that so we we went the other day a little side story to a a wrestling event that happens here in in indy in in carmel specifically it, it happens in a church i went to a wrestling show in a church uh, which is wow. really weird yeah it's so it's like it's kind of like tangentially related to this church and they put on this wrestling show uh super fun super super cool uh so that's like a weird yeah it's a real weird random side so it was like it was a snowstorm <laughs> it was like six inches of snow <laughs> show up at a church watch a bunch of wrestling uh yeah anyway super crazy there was a guy so so one of the wrestlers the thing i love about wrestling is the ridiculousness of it. So there was a there's a wrestler there that he his name is Space Monkey. And the whole conceit is that he is a monkey who went to space and now is back and decided to take up wrestling, I guess. Uh so he has a tail attached to his costume and it's this huge long tail that drags on the ground and it it becomes part of the match. So like the other wrestler would grab his tail and like stomp on it and and Space Monkey would react as if it was actually his real 
tail. It was amazing. <laughs> At one point, he like wrapped the tail around the rope and was yanking on it and 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 causing great agony to poor space monkey. Uh, yeah. Does so. he have Does he have like an astronaut suit too? Like I feel like the yes. space part needs to be addressed as well. Yeah, the, the space part is is fully addressed. Don't Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he comes out. He comes out in a space suit, uh, which he then takes off and wrestles. He has a, He has a helmet on. He's got the full. He's got the full like jumpsuit on, uh, and nice. takes it off and wrestles. Yeah, it's a it's a real it's a real thing. So wrestling is full on ridiculous. There, so there, there was a. So I was in like the second row. There's a girl in front of me who was just like screaming all night at all the wrestlers, and one of the wrestlers, uh, <laughs> he like hopped out of the ring at the end. And he was standing right in front of her, and I got a picture. He's like right in front of us. And he's like in her face, and he's like, "If I hear one more word from you, I'm gonna call security, have you taken outside, and buried in the snow. I will do it. I will get you buried in the snow." <laughs> <laughs> wow, and that was an interactive performance. Yeah, it's, it certainly was. Yeah, it's, it's a great thing. Yeah, my 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 wife Jesse um, hates going to this. Honestly, because the first time, the first the first time we went, we've gone twice now. The first time we went, I made her sit in the front row, which she hated, and 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 there was a wrestler who was like. Like he was kind of like hurt, right? So he's like he's like kind of stumbling around, and he like kind of like intentionally tripped and like fell into us and put his like his his shoulder his arm like right on her shoulder and was like pretending like he was dying and oh man it was it was the worst moment of her life I think. (laughs) (laughs) This is my nightmare. Yeah. So anyway, so that's that's wrestling. So so the next one of those is February second. Uh, so we're, oh, we're so this is a reoccurring event, like not just a once a year sort of thing. No, they, they seem to be like doing them like about every like month, month and a half kind of. So, uh, yeah, it seems super, super frequent, <laughs> which is it's super cool. I like it because like there's not a lot of wrestling, like local wrestling in indie. Uh, so it's like, you know, it actually is like wrestling that's happening around me, which is kind of cool. But anyway, that's neither here nor here nor there. I just wanted to tell that story out loud <laughs> to someone <laughs> yeah. about about space one of hockey. My greater regrets in not going to the wrestling that was just down the street from where we went to college, Josh. Oh yeah, yeah. I never went to that. I don't know if you ever did or had any good experiences um, there, but I always knew about it. I just never went. The one, the one that was like in Madison, or which one are you talking about? Yeah, the okay. one that was that was um This is this is very specific content for yeah. this one. <laughs> very niche. Um yeah, I've I've been to the, I've been there once. It's um it's very small town. <laughs> Let's put it that way. It's it's um it was a little it was a little scary. It, okay. I I didn't feel like the safest person in the world going there. <laughs> there were people taking it pretty seriously. Uh yeah, it was it was a it was a weird event that one night. Uh, so I wouldn't maybe recommend that one, but uh, in in general, wrestling is very is a very fun event to attend because the the general wrestling crowd is very different than than it used to be back in the day because everyone who's into wrestling now is like a, a huge nerd, so everyone is like fully on board with wrestling being a hundred percent fake and is is in it to like see ridiculous stuff like Space Monkey and like you know all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. Like everyone's there because it's like this fun spectacle and because they're all in on the in on the gag, which is kind of cool. Speaking of being in on the gag, let's jump into stuff we're actually we're planning on talking about today. Let's talk about yeah, the movie. Let's talk about the movie Bright first. Let's let's jump into Bright because uh, Bright's a movie that I desperately need to talk about with people. I think <laughs> so. <laughs> if if you guys out there listening haven't haven't seen Bright yet, Bright is on Netflix. 
It is a Netflix original movie. Uh, it's really kind of their their biggest budget movie. They they've done like what Adam Sandler movies and stuff so far. So they they've done original movies, um, but I think Bright is sort of their first stab at like going for like the big budget action movie type thing. They got Will Smith in it. Um, it uh, let's see, it's written by Max Landis. Uh, so you know they have some like names attached to this thing, and it is a. It's essentially bad boys, but there are orcs and elves. That's that's basically the premise. It is a it is a cop movie with fantasy elements. And it goes even crazier from there. So we've all seen Bright. Uh we will probably get spoilery on Bright. So if you haven't seen it, stop this, go watch it, come back. Um but please go watch it. <laughs> yes, definitely go watch it. Because this don't movie... let me don't let us but be the only three. Also, don't it. don't miss out on the trailer if Pop up full, you know, full, yeah. the sort of like third of the screen on Netflix. Watch the trailer, write down what you think it's going to be about, and then see <laughs> what it was actually about. Seal, right. Seal that in an envelope. Yep, exactly. Because <laughs> actually... I was totally down for Will Smith as a cop, and then halfway through that trailer, you realize this isn't your normal cop movie. There was, a, yeah. So if everyone who's, who's uh, who is going to see it is already off now, the the point where where they're in the like weird, burnt out, like like mythical, like 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 crazy church that is also the hideout for the orc biker gang, and they cut to the dude, they cut to the shaman guy with a deer head and says that was the prophecy. I'm like, what am I watching? Like, what is this movie? What even just happened? I can't believe it took you that long. I can't believe that. No. Like, the, well, this, it was for me. For me, it was the I. I think I said. I think I sent you, Josh, the the text of what the hell are you making me watch? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. We got to the the assassin who had been like magicked into the wall and like the <laughs> rib cage is like glowing yep. and like spurting weird liquid. In See, and I thought she was dead for the me longest too. time. I did too. I yeah. She was dead. Then like she opened her eyes, and that was. That my, was maybe the my, thing I saw in 2017. <laughs> my favorite part about that whole thing was how nonchalant everyone was about that situation. Like, <laughs> right, like that was a normal thing to walk into a room and see. Like, what? oh, guys, we got a bright. Oh, that explains it. No, uh, okay, it doesn't explain it at all. Also, you're super confused when you can't read whatever that script is at the beginning. Because I was watching it from my folks' place, and they have terrible internet. Oh. So it wouldn't buffer the first three minutes of the movie. So it was all pixely. Apparently, a bright is the only person that can hold the wand. That's what I found out from the internet. Well. Which really ties the movie together, not at all. Is that what that opening says? Like, I don't don't remember what it it even said. Yeah, it's pretty much like a bright is the only person that can hold a wand. Yeah. Well, that, that comes up in the movie then later, too. It does. But so that was that's one of the things I love the most about the movie is that there are a few things where they they, they explain they, they they try to do like the tour of the world for you kind of when they do like the cop car drive where they they basically show you like listen the orcs are like the you know like like low income like poverty people they're they're in the ghetto and then they're like oh we're driving through Elf Town it's where all the rich people are look at these rich elves and they kind of they kind of like set you up for like what it's all about and then yeah. instant cut to a dragon flying through the sky that they never explain I just love. <laughs> I love there's so much about this movie where they just hint at things in the world and they never touch it. Like, nope. <laughs> there's so much, like the Dark Lord stuff. Was a, 
<laughs> that was a great like world. I, I really appreciate the world building. I didn't, you know, I don't necessarily always need you to give me the entire Wikipedia. No, yeah. I don't need the character like talking about elves. And I loved the, the centaur police guy. Like it was just a real was quick just, pan. Right. I'm like, is that guy, on a, is he on a horse? No, he is the he's horse. He's the That's... horse with his little, <laughs> his little shin guards. Yep. Yeah. It was amazing. Like, I was, I was, I really, I really liked that part of it. The, the world building yeah. that didn't, I didn't need the, the exposition. I, I got it through the visual. I got it through the, the dialogue and the attitudes of the characters. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I, I'm saying I loved that. Like, I, I really, really appreciate that. They, they told you enough to like, let, to tell you what like was going on, but there was so much of that movie that they would just like start talking about stuff and then they would just expect you to kind of like pick it up as you go. And I thought that was so cool how they did that where, yeah, they're like, they've mentioned the dark Lord a couple times and then you just kind of have to understand this thing happened thousands of years ago. And yeah, the little hints at like the greater world and like, you know, like, like little, little things they like mentioned in passing about like, well, I mean, it's not, it's not racism that the entire NFL starting line is orcs. You know, it's just like, there's like mentioned little things that just like make your brain run off into like, Oh my gosh, like, what is that like in this world? Like, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I thought, I thought that was like super well done. Um, for, for how that went. So this movie is getting, I don't know if you guys have seen like any reviews for it. It's like critically panned. Like people are saying it's the worst movie of the year as far as like, no. wow. Will Smith has already been in the worst movie of the year. This <laughs> is not that. What was the, what, which one is the worst movie of the year, Ross? Uh, wasn't that, did that not come out this year? My so, scale of time is so messed up. Are you talking about what, Su- Suicide Squad or what are you talking about? Yes, I am. Suicide Squad came out in 2016, but it was also oh. it was also one of the best movies that year. So uh, swing and a miss. Take that. So back. sorry. There goes a the viewer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, like I I think I think that like I think that fancy movie reviewers uh, kind of missed the point that this was like kind of a silly movie that was intentionally supposed to be kind of but a... also hits on like some super serious themes, right? So, so that was my big thing with it going in was like the the first few minutes of it. Where they, you know, you, you they sort of set it up and you realize that, like, oh, the orcs are just the black people. And you realize, like, that's what it's going to be. I thought the movie was just going to preach at me about race relations for the entire, like, two hours. And I was like, okay, I see what you're doing, but, like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this. So when it didn't go that direction and instead it went into the bizarre, insane direction that it went, uh, it was super surprising. That, that, that's one of those, like, write down your prediction of what you think the movie will be <laughs> to see where yep. it ends up going. Um I don't and know like, if that's better or not that it didn't go in that direction, but I'm really, I'm really happy that it didn't go in that super predictable like analogy for real world race relations direction. My prediction that I would have sealed in an envelope would not have included shootout with gangsters and magic elves in a strip club. Sure that, that one did not make the top five for sure <laughs> things i would have predicted for, for sure but no, what i really want to know about are the fence <laughs> i want to know about the fence so bad i love... there's not been a lot of movies that have been like so i think the reason it's getting panned is because it leaves so many questions open-ended yeah. and i was sort of upset before you told me that they're talking about expanding it into like a three a three like miniseries or three movies. Yeah. I heard that there's like at least like three more movies in the works. Or like, like they're definitely talking about more. And I heard the number three is what they're, they're talking about right now. So there's definitely going to be more bright movies. This is what it seems like. 
Which I am totally down for because I was really frustrated with the fact that there were so many open-ended questions. <laughs> yeah. But I I really somehow it linked together that there was so much normality in the weirdness. Yeah. That was the one. So the one review that I read, I'm, I'm struggling to remember the site, but the the guy hated the movie. <laughs> and he he absolutely hated it. And he, one of his big complaints, I think, was that um, it was the real world with orcs and elves inserted. And it was like, well, that's not how the world would have worked. Like, like if, if, if the world had developed with all of these creatures and all of these species, like we wouldn't have Los Angeles. It wouldn't be called Los Angeles. Like, like we wouldn't have the NFL, like everything about the world would be different. Um, it, it, you, you can't just take modern world and then like throw in some fantasy elements. And like, I get that point, but that's taking it too seriously. Right. Like that's, that's, yeah. that's trying like too hard. To well, wade it's... into it knowing what you're coming... Yeah. I don't know. And I think there's a definite point to be made there, but then you also want a movie that's going to be relatable and yeah. it's going to be able to carry the themes that you want to to show, and you can't necessarily do that if, you're, if your mindset going in is, how really would this have worked? Yeah. And, like, I mean, the idea that, like, everything would be foreign is maybe true, but then, like... But then everything is foreign. So then you have nothing. You have you have no like like they might not have police like we we know police to be right. So like right. something has to be grounded that then you can sort of yeah plant your flag in and understand sort of where things are coming from and what's and what's happening. So, uh, and I think that switch happened for me when they came across the sword guy. Like the, it was very much just like okay we have orcs and that's kind of weird. There was the whole tagging intro, and then they're like it's buddy cop. Like, yeah. not really buddy cop, but it's, like, cop partner movie. Like, lots of in-the-car scenes. And, like, you know, one side of the car versus the other side of the car shots and things like that. And yeah. then all of a sudden they get out. He's just, like, casually talking to that deputy. And they draw on this that is just swinging a sword. <laughs> like, okay. Like, I'm on board. Where is this going to go? I love I love like that the that guy... No, that didn't do it for me. It was the crazy human dude swinging a sword in the middle of the street that people were legitimately afraid about. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciate that that guy, one, was just a regular human. I really appreciate that. That could have been anything, and it was like, no, we're just going to make him a, like, a really hairy dude. Um, <laughs> and then, yes, in, again, in a world where dragons fly over the city, they're scared of a dude with a sword. Oh, pretty yep. great. Yep. Uh, and then, not only that, then the feds showed up about it, which made... Huh, just let's, like, what is this fancy elf dude doing, and why can't people have magic? Let's cover let's cover the feds. Because my favorite one of my favorite scenes in the movie was when he hands the dude his ID and the guy looks shocked and he's like, Yeah, that's right. We're the magic feds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yep, perfect. <laughs> Great. This fits and I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, the fancy elf dude it was was pretty great. I love I love they pair the fancy elf dude up with like Harvey Bullock basically. It's just, pretty much. It's like, oh right, yeah, I'm on board. Let's do that. Um <laughs> I one thing I really loved about this movie and uh it was there like, you know, a lot of we see a lot of movies with like magic, right? Like fantasy movies always have magic characters and like fantasy video games, it's always magic users and wizards and stuff. And and that almost becomes kind of mundane, right? Like everything has magic; it's always there. I love how this movie treated magic as like something to like truly be terrified of. 
Um, the, the you know that everyone knew that like that wand could change the world, could change the city, could change everything, and everyone knew how dangerous it was to touch it. Everyone knew that it needed to uh, either be controlled if you were one of the gangs, or it needed to be taken care of and, and disposed of properly if you were on the good side. And it was cool to like have like magic in a movie have that much weight to the story. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I liked the scarcity, you know, you play, I mean, we've all played video games forever and a day, and everywhere you look, everyone's got magic, that guy's got a wand, that guy's got a dragon, that guy's got a, I mean, there was no, everyone's on an even playing field, I liked the idea of this, this super uh, rare, uh, elite, hidden, uh, crazy, powerful, group of folks these brights or the wands like it just had this mystique and every like like you said everyone had reverence for it you know had all heard stories and and at all um you know i I could imagine you know great historical events you know the a wand appeared in 1905 and prague and created a whatever and that story has lived on through history you know that that scarcity I thought was pretty, it was interesting because you don't necessarily see that when we uh, come across magic or, or powers in, in uh, games and movies. That's, that's totally a thing that I'm sure, like, if you expanded the universe of Bright, right, if you wrote novelizations, I'm sure there would be there would be things like that where there would be these histories of, like, there's this crater in the middle of a city and, like, everyone knows that, yeah, like, in, like, 1906 it was because, you know, a, a wand was found or whatever, a Bright showed up and... Uh, yeah, that's that's super cool. It is it is what you it's what every video game tells you that you are, and then you realize that you aren't. Like in, in like an MMO or something, right? It's right. like you're the one, you're the only one that can save us. And then you show up in like the town square, and you realize there are fifty other people just like you who are there to save the world. It's the <laughs> it's the exact reverse of of all those things. Yeah, um, I think I liked this for the same reason that I liked. Uh... Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter or Vampire <laughs> Slayer or whatever it was, sure. which was just like this total like placid normalcy trying to cover up this like weird <laughs> other world that was happening. Yeah. And like there was still the cover up at the end. They're just like, yeah, I, I don't recall. That didn't happen. It didn't happen, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Unequivocally. That end scene. Let's talk about that because we we have this big movie and there's like some like jokey bits and stuff. It's like it's 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 generally kind of like a very funny movie, and then like this big huge thing happens and you think all right it's gonna end and then we get like a five minute scene of just like pure pure comedy of the like you know um, the the Jacoby orc just spilling his guts about everything that happened like recounting the whole movie. I like I laughed so hard during that scene. Like I could see how that would turn people off, but man, I loved I loved that whole bit of explaining everything that happened. <laughs> I think for me, I I thought it was I thought it was okay. I didn't I think I unfairly had the expectation of you know, we've seen Will Smith with a partner in other movies. Sure. You know, Martin Lawrence in Bad Boys, Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black. Um those are the the two main ones that come to mind just initially and the whether I, I so the things I liked about this pairing was I liked that they weren't necessarily friends I liked that they mm-hmm. were there was that tension throughout the whole movie um you know they both kind of it's it's not the it's not the buddy buddy cop 
um, but there at the end there's that kind of mutual respect and I think the 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 lines that were meant to be funny the lines that were meant to be so awkward they were funny I think just <laughs> I just kept hearkening back to <laughs> to Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith and that's an unfair I think it was an it was an unfair oh, expectation yeah, yeah. for me and so it was um but it was I, I liked I was I was happy for Will Smith I think that trying something like this you know that wasn't necessarily very probably not very safe I could imagine sitting with a manager <laughs> or you know a director and like I'm going to do what now a yeah. unicorn I don't know <laughs> like yeah, I mean, like I th- I think of was... think of all the things like Will Smith could have done, and then this is the this is the project he chose. You know, right? That's yeah, right. that's interesting. You know, I I super so I as far as characters go, I really liked that Will Smith was generally a, an unlikable person in, in this movie. Like he's kind of a jerk the whole time. He he's constantly threatening to shoot everyone in the face. I'm not sure if you picked up on that. His his threat every single time is you're going to get shot in the face. Put the thing down until you get shot in the face. I'm going to shoot you in the face. All every time he interacts with someone, he's threatening to shoot them in the face. It was a really subtle line of dialogue. <laughs> I'm going to shoot you in the face. Uh I, yeah, in general he's like not a good dude, really. I mean, he like he he's not trying to like be inviting for for Jacoby. He's not trying to do the right thing. He just wants to like do his job kind of and like, you know, get over it. But he still is like he still has like that moral backing of like, listen, I don't like the dude, but we're not going to kill him and you know, what I mean, like we're not going right. to completely uh do that. So that that was cool though. Like, it was an interesting character. And I really liked that that Jacoby, the the first you know orc to make it onto the the police force. And stuff. I like that he just turns out to be a giant nerd. Like he's just kind of an idiot. Like he's yeah. <laughs> like the the scene was like, man, only you could make a shootout like awkward. <laughs> like it was, it was really great. <laughs> It was like, how, how how are your holes? <laughs> the, was the question that he. <laughs> yeah. how, how are your holes? Uh, uh, yeah. Great, yeah. I just I really really liked the characters and really liked the movie. So yeah, I'm hoping yeah. that they don't carry. I hope it's episodic, and I don't normally say this because it really annoys me when things get episodic. But I'm hoping that Will Smith's character doesn't transfer you into mean, the next one. Oh, you like like he? So it's not the same people in the next one. Yeah. So I'm hoping that maybe they do a a version of like True Detective, only actually pull it off, <laughs> where I mean, it, it still falls into like the same general feel and vibe, but a little bit more connected since it would be like that that particular universe instead of you know basically generating all these different characters from nothing. It would still fit in with like the brights, and you would understand it. Maybe like the minor characters like the feds would be the thread through all of the different movies, but not the main, like we would just get glimpses of these events that happen that start to tie in the greater world. I could, I could 100% see that the, that be the direction that they take. Cause they, cause you know, they, they've built the world here enough to like spin a bunch of stuff off from it. And, and you have to imagine like, Will Smith is expensive. Like they're not gonna get him probably for like every one of these. Like it's it's not gonna be like Bright Ten and Will Smith is still hanging out in the movies. Um, so I, I I could totally see that 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 completely being the conceit for future movies in the Bright Universe of like we we show you some characters, we tell their little story, it fits into the greater narrative of like what Bright is, and then we move on. That would make a ton of sense to me. Because because I mean yeah, really for if, sure you could you could definitely see you know. Um they painted a big enough picture of the universe that you could really even 
outside of law enforcement you know it could be learning more about the backstory of the dark lord or just um the were they witches i guess <laughs> uh Chica but, and the i don't know if they actually came out and i can't remember i, I don't know sure if they used the anyway. word witch but yeah like essentially but yeah. or like magic users you yeah. know because they're so rare you know i think they they could go off in in a couple of different directions and still even tie it together with you know i could see um the events of this past story you know coloring the plot line for uh an offshoot of some kind sure events that events that spiraled off you know what happens to the wand we see it kind of go off in the hazmat suit guys canister um what happened to it where does a wand go once it's been discovered <laughs> right because I, mean, I mean like there it's it's basically like this like way more powerful than a nuclear bomb so like who you know who takes care of that where does yeah where does that get housed is it safe yeah, yeah. uh that's yeah super interesting I, so yeah bright is a fun fun movie don't don't listen to critics. That's that's essentially the that's the uh, the the end result here. Just go check the movie out. You know, it's uh it's worth a watch. I think for sure. Let's move on from Bright. Let's talk about the other other big movie that we've all seen now. Uh, <laughs> the other big movie. The other big movie. There there are two movies that exist right now, <laughs> and we chose to lead with the biggest one. Yes, and we're just going to follow up with this probably seldom heard of. <laughs> We you might not have heard of it. Movie. You might not know about it. It's it's a little independent film called Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and uh, so it took me <laughs> it took me a little while to watch Star Wars. I you know I didn't I didn't uh, didn't go see it when it first opened because holy cow that movie! So the tickets went on sale like whatever like a month like two months in advance, and like I don't know about you guys, but like around here, like most of the theaters are like the like assigned seating type theaters. And they were just like sold out within minutes, and then um, even even like a week later, the tickets were like essentially sold out unless you wanted to sit in like the front row and stuff like that on the sides. And um, it was nuts, like how it seemed like how popular Star Wars was in terms of like finding tickets. Uh, but anyway, that that aside, the the general vibe that I got going into to seeing Star Wars from people who had seen it before I saw it was just like it was like a weird like kind of like like tepid response where I was like, Oh man, did you see star Wars? Like, how was it? And I would, I would get this just like, it was fine. Yeah. You know, it was good. It was good. I would get that. Right. Just like the voice would raise and be like, it was okay. I was like, what, what happens in this movie that everyone's hating? Um, <laughs> so, so again, spoiler, spoiler filled discussion here of star Wars. Oh, for sure. Cause you should definitely go into that movie with zero spoilers. Just go in and have yes, a good time. Definitely yeah, go watch it. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Come back here then. But yeah, if you have seen it, so it seems to me the the big thing with Star Wars that people weren't into is that essentially questions were set up in the Force Awakens. Things like, you know, who are Rey's parents? Um, what's up with Luke? What's he doing on this uh, island? And then the answers to those questions that we got in Last Jedi, people didn't like. Is that so fair? Before we cannonball into this, yeah. can I can I ask a point of clarity? Sure. So I couldn't remember which Star Wars movie it was, whether it was Rogue One or whether it was The Last Jedi. Did they re did they like get rid of the writers or change the director way through for one of the Star Wars and which one was that? So that was for the Han Solo solo movie <laughs> that was for solo a star wars story or whatever it's called got it 
So, okay. so we haven't seen. So that I yet. was wrong on both counts. Yeah. Um. So, are, were, were, was that question because you thought that like the tone was weird or something? Like you felt like I thought the tone was weird and it shifts in a weird way in the middle and then comes back, kind of like it had been reshot at some point. Oh, interesting. And put back together. You what? What part? What, what like when do you? So think? the the. It's super like one linery throughout the entire movie, right? Like there's a lot of quips and jabs, sure, but aren't delivered in a palatable fashion or like where <laughs> it fits in. Okay. Um, the only one that I really thought fit in because there was a little bit of continuity, which was Luke says on the island that the essentially being a Jedi is more than lifting rocks. Yeah, and you come to like raise reveal. At the end, and she's like, yeah, yeah, lifting rocks. Lifting I was rocks. like, okay, like, I enjoyed that one. But there were a whole bunch of one-liners with Finn and, is it Rose? Yeah, Rose. Yeah. That, I was just like, really? Uh, that, and there was, I don't know, it just had this weird, and it could just be that the way that it was, the story was put together, it just felt a really jarring shift every time it came up to make me feel like it had been re reshot in some way. Hmm. So I don't, I don't know why I feel that way, but I felt like the, the, um, the Mon Calamari cruiser scenes were really awkwardly done. And for sure, the, uh, the gambling casino city was really awkwardly done. Um, yeah, I, I think that the, I think the casino thing was a weird, um, a weird diversion. Like I so I, I'm not a huge fan of Finn, is what I've what I've decided. He's he he's a he's a confusing character of why he he exists, kind of. Exactly. Um like I I, I liked in, in Force Awakens, I think, that he he was this he's this like kind of completely unheroic character in a world of of massive heroes, right? Of pe- of people who are who are who are greater than the average man at whatever it is they do. You know, you've you've got Poe who's this like who's this savant at, as a pilot. You've got Ray who's this force user that that has these just like innate abilities that are just like manifesting in her. And then you have Finn who is who is literally the definition of a regular guy. He's a he's a faceless he's a faceless <laughs> stormtrooper um, that just happens to be like more of a coward than all of the rest of them to to run away. And and that was kind of neat that he was like a different take on like a Star Wars character, and then the fact that like in this movie like he sticks around and continues to be that character, at least he's consistent. But like I got a little tired of his like running away as a solution to problems and stuff. And um, his whole subplot with Rose, like the the casino, was kind of interesting for me to see, but then you, it feels like nothing comes of it, right? Because they like, they fail essentially. Uh, so it just feels like you don't get a lot out of it. And then at the end, it turns into, like, Rose loves him. And it's, like, completely unearned as as kind of... Right. The, the kiss was weird. That was so... Like, we really did that. It just came out of nowhere. Like, why? Yeah. We didn't... It didn't help the story at all. It didn't, nope. like... Finn should have died. Gonna say it. <laughs> Finn should have died. Finn should have died. I, I, like, Finn should have died. Same... That was his character turn of, I'm finally going to start making a difference in the... the the world and start to be relevant in some way and 
Nope, didn't even couldn't become a martyr correctly. Jeez, dude. That that, that was that was like a turning point in his character, right? That that was I'm not going to run away. I'm going to hit this literally head on. Like I'm going to yep. try to. Yeah. I'm going to be selfless about it, and then you have for her to save him, and for her to have a completely pointless explanation of like we don't do that anymore i'm like it's star wars of course you do like everyone this is the this is what happens in star wars <laughs> where people, have you been yeah people <laughs> yeah. sacrifice themselves needlessly that's the whole point and then one of my biggest pet peeves in movies is the we went through something together so then i'm suddenly in love with you for no real reason uh yeah and yep. it was it was has never been worse than it was in that scene of just like and then kiss like oh well, that's weird i i weird i I don't know i guess sure you're in love awesome uh but Uh, yeah so yeah that that whole like trip to the casino and stuff and back was probably the weakest part for sure so yeah so that was my question was like was it reshot did they did they change things um because overall it just seemed like it didn't know what it wanted to be okay at least for me i i watched the movie i enjoyed it but not to the extent that i was hoping to because I thought that this would be the empire uh, of this trilogy. Like, sure. yeah, it's the second one. But they set up so many questions purposefully, it seemed, in the first one. And then didn't deliver on their – didn't deliver on, like, diving into the any of those questions necessarily. Like, definitely you don't have to answer every question that you pose. But you at least have to take a deep dive into one of them. Okay, so what what did you feel like was left from Force Awakens that we didn't get a dive so into? They they based an entire movie off of we need to find Luke Skywalker. Yeah. To then not explore him more than just the wounded mentor character that he is. I thought it was really well played. I really like Mark's performance. And I really enjoyed the, like, we just need, like, just let it burn. No, I'm done. But, like, there was, there should have been more to that scene with Ray then of, like, her seeing, I don't know. I thought there should have been more character development on the island and maybe cut out the last act. Or at least one of the intermediate acts yeah, of the movie. Personally. I mean, I... I think that I liked the the Luke stuff. It's very different than the old extended universe, right? It's very different than um, the thing where Luke kind of became this kind of like Neo in the Matrix character, and he was the, he was a he was a an active member in the you know new government, and he was this person kind of like running things. And in this, he sort of tries that. It fails once, and you know, with his academy, and then he just runs off to to die. Um, so I like I get that that's not satisfying for people, but I, I like that. I like. Oh, that... See, that was the satisfying part for me. Okay. Which was like he was more upset that he had failed himself in that, like he could sense the struggle in between our in. Uh, ben, yeah, and then decided like I'm gonna kill this dude. Like it's just gonna end, and then that was his like crushing revelation. Not that Ben turned to the dark side, but that, but he that did Luke that. didn't have faith in any sort of ability to steer him through it, or to say like you know we all have. It, he made the comment of like, like you should the men like when he was talking with Yoda that Yoda said something 
about it's not just like the strengths that you need to show, it's the weaknesses or the problems or something to yeah. that effect. Yeah. I thought like, oh, that's a pretty effective mentoring strategy. Don't always show that your best side. You actually say like, hey, I really stink at this and I'm working to get better at it. Yeah. I mean, I I did like that. I, I did like the entire conversation with, with Yoda, like when he showed back up of um, it, it really, it really showed kind of like for as far as Luke has come, like how, how little he's really kind of like mature, how, how much he can still be kind of childish in his thinking. And like, you know, like I'm going to burn this down. I was like, okay, well, that's fine. Like, that's, you know, it doesn't get us anywhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked that. I liked the Yoda popped into kind of like, it really harkened back to like old Luke dealing with Yoda for the very first time. And like, you know, and that was a cool, that was a cool thing for me. I don't know. Um, oh, and the, the indecision really in that scene was great. Sorry, Scott. No, I just, I really liked the Yoda scene. I, I, I agree that I felt like I was back in the swamp and I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I thought that was uh, a neat, neat turn there. What's in there? Only what you take with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And the, um, the uh, the one the one thing about the the Ray and Ben and Luke and not to make too much light but I it was I had this epiphany moment in the movie so much so that I had to turn <laughs> to my partner and say is this the story of like Tigress Shifu and oh what was Ian McKellen's from Kung Fu Panda <laughs> <laughs> But the whole, like, he had a student, and he turned out bad, and he tried to end him, but he couldn't, and then another one came along who was never going to be as good, and it's like, wow, this is, this is Kung Fu, this is straight out of Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda, oh my goodness. Well, so much for me being able to watch this second time. <laughs> Sorry, I totally uh... ruined it now. Um, no, I think the, the I I liked the, the Luke story well enough, um, I think the i've just never been a huge mark hamill acting fan i thought some of the i don't know if it was script or or his performance um but a lot of his a lot of his dialogue was just i felt a little clunky i felt like i was just trying to all right what happens next yeah uh, for I, him i can see that for sure mm-hmm. it yeah, he. I mean, I I like I like everything that he did in the movie. I feel like because I because it was very very much like this isn't his story. It's not about him. He's you know he he he's gonna show back up. He's gonna do his big flashy thing, but like the focus is gonna be on Ray. And I I think some people were maybe disappointed that it wasn't just like all right now it's the Luke story. We found Luke and he's back. We're gonna do it. Um, <laughs> so you know i appreciate that like it didn't just become about luke and but um yeah i, I agree there's like maybe some of his dialogue that maybe wasn't amazing or delivered the best i, I you know i he's i'm weird with mark hamill because he he's an amazing joker right like he, he can do voice acting just like incredibly but I, yeah i feel like sometimes his his live action acting is maybe not the strongest um or, or or maybe he's just better at bad guys. I think in in general too. Like he, <laughs> the, he was on. Um, it's true. He he's yeah. on. He was on one of those uh, like Criminal Minds shows. Or is that yes, it? yeah, he was on Criminal Minds, and he was and like he's an amazing bad guy. Right, he's this incredible over the top. Like he knows exactly like where the line is, and like he knows when to like just go right over it to ridiculousness and back and stuff. And he yeah, he makes a really great bad guy. And then you get like 
good guy stuff with him, like with Luke, and it's just like, okay, yeah, I mean, sure, I mean, sure, I guess. And even in the original trilogy, I don't, I don't think Luke Skywalker by any means was like the most well acted character. Um, no, I mean, every everyone's takeaway from those original movies was like Han Solo's really cool, and then you yeah. know, like, I mean, right. <laughs> I don't think anyone would come out of there saying like, you know, like <laughs> Luke is my favorite, you know, character, my favorite <laughs> acted character. Um, he was just kind of happened to be the, the star. I, I will say, so, so moving away from, from Luke, let's, let's talk about, um, let's talk about Kylo Ren for a second, because for sure, I, I really like where they're heading with him into the third movie of this, of this trilogy, you know, cause before we, we've always had like, all right, we have the, the emperor who's this kind of sort of, almost um like like otherworldly the character who's kind of controlling things and he's doing it from this throne and then we have like his right hand who's the who's the one we actually care about right we have like Darth Vader and he's the one who's kind of the the complicated villain that we want to know more about and i i love that in this movie they they very quickly like do away with the emperor like character in in Snoke and just like and they put Kylo Ren there like he's he's going to be the one who's calling the shots but he's also the one who is incredibly he does not know at all what he's doing yeah he doesn't know what he's doing he's incredibly emotional and he's in it for like all of the wrong reasons and he he's he's just going to fly off the handle and i love the fact that like now he is in charge of this i love that all of the leadership in you know the the new order, whatever it's called. Uh, is that right? New order, first first order. Yep, yeah, first, first order. order. First order. Yeah. I love that the leadership of the first order is just is just ridiculously terrible at what they're doing. You have, um, you know, you have uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Huck. General Hux. 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 Yeah. You've got yeah. Hux, who's just like only in it for like himself looking good and for like you know mad props from his boss, and uh, you know now you have, you have Kylo Ren at the top, who's just really He's again no <laughs> yeah right like i, I love Hux is not... <laughs> yeah general Hux is, is is no anybody let alone grand moff tarkin certainly not uh, Grand Moff tarkin um so i yeah I, I like that i like that all of the bad guys have this like incredibly in-depth kind of personality now i think that's really cool uh sort of where they've they've built and we've never seen someone like kylo ren like a darth vader or whatever with the power that he's going to have going into this last movie, like literally being in charge of everything. Uh, and I think that's kind of neat. Um, I, I also really like on the Kylo Ren front, his kind of arc through this movie. I like that again, you sort of, he's like dancing around the, you know, going to the light side. He's dancing around, like having, having conflict inside of him. Finally, like he and Ray like team up, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, it happened!" Like he's he came over to the the dark side, or the he came over to to the the light side, and then you realize like, "Oh no, it wasn't about that at all." Like it was about this power grab. It was about like he he thinks he's above it all, and he and he's just in it for himself. And I thought that was a really awesome turn. Like, and it's it's you know it's more complex than that. It's not it's not just light and dark. It's it's you know I have these completely other goals that are completely unrelated to this. I thought that was neat. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked their kind of the dancing around the, you know, so much of the star Wars universe to this point has been there's light and there's dark and that's all there is. And there's no in between and there's nothing. There are two options. Pick one. Yep. And, and that 
his Kylo Ren story kind of went off of that, kind of left that model a little bit. Not that he's good. I mean, you know, we still get he's still a bad guy or whatever. Yeah. But I think in his mind that he's trying to move past some of those ideas that we've had before. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. Um, like, he... I guess I, I liked his character too. the, in the, the, the force awakens, he really like the, I think the emotional outbursts and like the instability, the immaturity got a little bit grating for me and annoying in that first movie. And I like that it's still a part of him, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as, it feels like somehow between that movie and now he's grown a little bit. Like he still had his little moment in the elevator where he bashed the helmet, but it seemed like it, it's, that was it's kind still of coloring what he's doing. And, but he's, he's growing. He's, he's moved on from that character. He's making some changes. And I, I thought that was good. It was like, it was like that outburst in the elevator where he smashes the helmet was like him putting that away. It was like, this yeah. is the one last time I'm going to, I'm going to let it all out. And then it's like, it's done. And like, that was kind of a neat, like turning point for him as a character. Cause then he, he did become a bit more like calculating with dealing with Ray. And then that was like kind of the point where his whole like plan kind of started enacting, um, with the the Snoke stuff, you, I think that's kind of the point where he decided, like, sort of where he was gonna gonna go. I, I really like him as a character in that he, yeah, these outbursts and stuff. I, I really liked that aspect that he. So often, when you get people who are super skilled in the in the Force, it is just it's very much like you know, I'm always Zen. Look at me, like I'm a kind of outside the world element, and he was. He was pure emotion, like all the way down to his lightsaber, which like crackles and rattles more than everyone else. Like he's just this like thing that is just like brimming over with energy and and emotion. Um, right. And I, I like that aspect of him. And, I, you know, in, 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 in dealing with Luke in this movie, too, it was like I want every gun we have on him right now. <laughs> just like it's all it's like rage, <laughs> just pure rage. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like he, I, I like that he grew in this movie, but I like that he. They they still kind of painted him in that same, you know, the the with those same colors essentially. Yeah, uh, thought that was neat. I uh, <laughs> I, I like. But I thought that they did not reflect the that sort of character development in Ray at all. Yeah, Ray maybe didn't have a ton of like growth, which in this movie no. Which was just like oh we we sent her to the island essentially like at least what I gathered. We sent her to the island. Luke said, nah, you get three lessons, which is basically me being an old cadre dude, which, okay, I'm good with Luke being an old cadre dude. It's kind of nice that the mentor is not the mentor, uh, you know, role. Yeah. But yeah. then it was just like, oh, so Ray went, she had these visions. She went down in this hole. She looked in this mirror, and then she decided to go and see what Kylo was up to. Cool. <laughs> I was I was hoping for something more along the lines of what you're saying with Kylo Ren of being like, it's not just you know, black and white. It's it's not light side and dark side. There's this gray area in there where you're you're trying to figure out your way in the world. But they didn't do that for her. They just like oh she's gonna have this revelation, and that's quizzical and cool. He's out. We 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 got a, like a smidge of it, like a tiny little bit of it. Um when she's first doing the like reaching out to the force and she sees the hole and then like Luke says, like, like there was no hesitation. You went straight to the dark side. Like it was, he was like taken aback at her just like 
going going for it for like knowledge almost like she she wasn't necessarily doing it for like light or dark it was just like something's out there that i don't know about and i want to go see um right so like we we maybe like tangentially learned a bit about her in that but yeah i will totally agree that like we didn't get a ton of like um in-depth you know figuring out about ray like she's she she's mostly still kind of just a blank slate to me as far as yeah a little know. bit but it could have been such a great payoff and such a nice sort of weaving thread to the movie especially when they do the whole reveal about her parents because like th- her whole thing like you said is curiosity and needing to know yeah and like that's what's driven her that's what drove her throughout the f- whole first movie yep. and now she's had the the whole force awakening thing and so that should be driving her here. And it should just be like, let that be a payoff for the fan of like, you don't need anyone else to define this for you. You define it for yourself. Done. And let that be the end of her sort of wishy-washy culminating thing, kind of like Luke well, was in Empire a I, little bit, I right? Think, like I think that. That's, I think that's where that they're going. The teeth. Like I, I think that's why they set up the the parent reveal. Like I mean, yeah, it it is all knowledge. It's all knowledge gaining, and and you know part of that was a a thirst for like who are my parents? What you know like who am I? Where do I fit in this world? And like part of that was going to Luke, and then part of that was talking to Kylo, and like maybe it's you that can answer some some of these questions for me. And then the the revelation that then turns out like she kind of knew the whole time that her parents were like nobody were nothing that she's nothing in this story. Um, I think then sets up for them like, okay, now, now she can go be her own person. And maybe like, that's where, that's where we go with the third movie of, okay, she, she understands like she's blazing her own path now. And then what does that mean? And how does she do that? Like, maybe that's like sort of the, the way they're booting her off into the next movie. I hope so. Because the whole, I think, the movie grates on me because it turned into a Peter Jackson movie where it didn't know when it was done. So there are four final acts in that movie. Okay. Right. Like there's the, there's the casino world scene where we pick up this random hacker dude. There's the, uh, Finn and shutting down the terminal scene. Yep. That ends up being useless. And what, Anyway, the hacker dude was completely useless. <laughs> Even though the lady behind me thought it was great. Is that Del Toro? Yeah, Benicio yeah, Del Toro. Benicio. Like, why do we need Benicio in this? <laughs> Dear God, let him be the collector and ruin that franchise. He was, uh, I don't know, he was he was fine. In this, I, he, <laughs> he, was, he was superfluous, but I was okay with his presence. He was fine. There's the throne room. Yeah. Scene. Yep. And then there is the... The Hoth light scene. The, the Hoth light <laughs> scene. Wait, which one's what? The salt uh, instead of snow. Oh, yes. Gotcha. Hoth the light. So they really love the walkers. Can we get walkers in here? Because the, the entire time I thought that they were going to shut things down after the the lightsaber explodes. Yeah. I'm like, yes. Just like drop the curtain. Let's walk away and let me just figure this out on my own. <laughs> and then I was like, wait. Aren't there supposed to be like red dust and big old walkers? <laughs> yeah. when, when did that happen? I'm like, oh, it's coming up. Great. I also thought that too. I was like, I was like, this is the world where that happened at. But where? Yeah, I remember thinking that in the movie. I was like, where? Where are they? Like, I'm pretty sure they were supposed to happen. Um, <laughs> but, really, uh, random aside, I really liked when they got down to that planet. There was like this, this random base that they realized they had. They show up. There's like a scene that like like Poe gives a line 
to basically explain why the rest of the movie can happen. Because he goes, all right, we've got the shields up so they can't shoot us from space. It was like, all right, great, we're good. <laughs> that's that's yeah, like but... that's like the scene in every horror movie where, where the person has to go like, oh, we don't have any cell phone reception. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, and don't even get started on Poe. Like, Poe is the biggest in this entire movie. And his character doesn't do a turn whatsoever. I love no. Poe in this movie. Really? Yes, he was awesome. Like he sees that the the admiral or whoever takes charge. So it's basically the botanist from Jurassic Park decides she's in charge. <laughs> and he's like, mm, "Not what I expected." And then she saves the freaking day by being complete boss. Yeah, one of the best visual scenes in the whole movie. That was great. That whole I, I and part of me, part of me was like. Did we really have to wait until they wiped out the entire... Couldn't she have just <laughs> figured this just... out like five <laughs> minutes sooner? We... Let's wait until nearly the entire fleet is wiped out. Maybe I should turn this thing around <laughs> and zip it through there. Like, that was one of my... <laughs> also... Uh, I don't know. Also, yeah, I mean, like, she totally... She, she, she like, had everyone abandoned ship. And it's like, you know you're not going to get away now. It's like, why not right yeah, now? She, like, why not... She totally... She had that really touching scene with leia like she knows that this is the end she like there's no she's not getting away like the whole i'm gonna be a decoy so right when the decoy thing doesn't work out just turn the ship around yeah. like do it let's go <laughs> instead let me just like gaze poignantly out the window while like let me everyone until, dies like, 20 of you have been wiped out and then i'll do it yeah like, like she should have definitely convened with chris hemsworth <laughs> way way sooner <laughs> Way sooner. What did he do in Star Trek? Oh, right. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> I so that that scene though, where where she yeah like does the jump through the ship and like when it goes like pure silent, that was so cool. That was the yeah. really well done, the coolest yeah, scene in that whole cool. movie. Uh, I so I really like. So speaking of like everyone getting away and them getting completely decimated, I like that going into the third movie in this trilogy, that now the 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 resistance the like rebel forces here essentially like they all like fit on the millennium falcon at this point there's just like a handful of them um i, I like that it's like been dwindled that far because that there's a lot they can do with that they can either like pick right back up where, where we left off and like you know hope that like help comes or they build their forces somehow or they start like winning over the galaxy or whatever or we could do like a time jump and we could go like, all right, so like what happens like four years in the future now? And like, have they built their forces back up or whatever? I think there's like a lot that can be like done from this point of like, kind of like utter decimation. But, you know, I, I, th I thought, I thought the ending wh while being slightly cheesy was really cool that we go of like, we're essentially defeated. There's like 10 of us left, but there's hope in the galaxy. And like, we get that like last little bit of like the boy, um, so like kind of like with the broom it, lightsaber, yeah, with the broom lightsaber, yeah. <laughs> so so it was kind of, it was kind of neat that like listen, you may have like won this battle, but because of your own actions, like because of Kylo's own actions, like the the sort of the the mystique of us, the the legend of of the the rebellion is going to grow even more because you know everyone saw like all the like rebels and stuff saw Luke get. Um, you know, fired on by every gun they had and then stand there and still be fine. So like the legend of the Jedi is going to grow 
And and right. everyone is going to know because Kylo has to tell them over and over again that Rey, this untrained you know person who's going to become a Jedi, killed Snoke. <laughs> so then, like, she's going to become this big mystery, this big like legendary character, um, right? Just because of like he has to like kind of like perpetrate that lie. So it's kind of neat that like like the the legend grows even though their actual numbers are very low. I thought that was a cool sort of ending. Yeah, I thought for yeah. me generally I liked the, I I enjoyed the movie. There were definitely bright spots. The the order cruiser being destroyed by um Laura Dern was really cool. The I really liked the battles. Um I thought they came in a little bit late, but um I think overall the I guess I, I I would really like a re, a rebel win at some point. You know, we started the movie we started the movie with them trying to flee with you know four thousand, and we ended the movie with them trying to flee with forty. Yep. And we we did a whole bunch of stuff in between, but it just didn't feel like I don't know. I would love to see a win. Um, that that's kind of that, like the 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 lack of a win is sort of the hallmark of this whole new trilogy because you know in the <laughs> in the original extended universe it's like okay yeah like like we won the empire is defeated and like now we're like defeating pockets of them but essentially like we're the new republic right like we've reformed the government this trilogy starts and it's like no 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 like stuff is still really bad like we <laughs> th- we're still a rebellion we are not a new government um, that was my question is like what are they resisting so there was the new republic which got nuked by the star killer base yeah in the first one so okay or they what i still was not and i watched it twice the the force awakens twice trying to figure out like what are they resisting are they resisting the first order if so why doesn't the new republic resist the first order why are they doing this together yeah, I didn't. I, the, yeah, it's been for a long time and now so since I, I've seen the Force Awakens, and I don't remember clearly the answers to those questions. Yeah, and I, I'm just a little confused by it because it's. I think I'm wanting it to like be a little bit more than what it is right now, and I don't know if that's just because I've really enjoyed the lore around this, or what. Because I made the realization that I have never fully. A, enjoyed an entire star wars movie <laughs> or the movies aren't my favorite part of the star wars universe that, i really enjoy fair. like and the books and the, the the ethos around it or the video games and things like that and the concept of star wars i really enjoy but the, as it is portrayed on the screen i am not sure i've ever 100 percent enjoyed I, I will wholeheartedly um, echo that statement because, like, growing up, like, I, you know, I, I watched Star Wars. I, I'd seen Star Wars and I, you know, went to see the prequels and stuff as they were coming out. But, like, the thing that made me love Star Wars as a kid was reading the books. So, like, I was reading the X-Wing books, like, specifically, or were, were my favorites, reading, like, books about Han Solo and stuff. And, like, all these things that were, like, delving into the expanded universe were the thing that made me like Star Wars. And and yeah, I think that, I think there's always something about every Star Wars movie that that isn't like my favorite thing that ever happens. <laughs> I I I'm remembering now. So the Republic versus the um, the Rebellion. I remember they like had a line trying to explain that in Force Awakens of like, oh, we have to keep it separate so that way the Republic can still like, 
you know, be diplomatic and all the worlds will trust them. Or there was something, some weird like throwaway line essentially saying like, we still want to be the underdogs, so we're going to keep these things separate. Um, uh, yeah. Which is fine. They just need to come out and say that. Sure. Yeah. We just want to structure. I mean, in this one, they seem to kind of merge Empire and Jedi a little bit. But hopefully in the next one, like they run out of movies to smash together. So <laughs> just have a, an original one and really get to have fun there like yeah i mean i think i think things go real weird in the in the next movie because you know force awakens was essentially like number for number it was it was a new hope right like they they hit right. so many of those beats and yeah mm-hmm. this movie was kind of like we're hitting some empire beats we're doing some new new uh we're doing some like return of the jedi stuff but the the things that they do in this movie make it really hard to make a third one of these. I feel like, like they have to really, they have to do some interesting stuff to wrap a story up. They they have to figure out one, what the story is now, because this, this felt very final in a lot of ways. They have to figure out what the story that they're telling is, what the thread they want to follow through is, and then figure out how to wrap that up in one more movie. I think, and I think that that means that it'll have to be pretty, pretty unique as far as star Wars stuff goes. And I hope so. I mean, I hope they give Ray and Kylo the. They've been setting them up for two movies to have another sort of conflict. Yeah. And I hope that gets paid off at some point. Maybe. I, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I I just I like the two of those bouncing two of those two of those guys, bouncing off each other. You know, now yeah, it, two movies it's for cool. sure. Yep. And I would be super happy if they just decided like meh. There's no, like, there's no this way and that way. It's all, you know, we're just going to go full-on Grey Jedi and walk away. <laughs> yeah. I think I thought that would have been hilarious for this one. I'm like, yeah, so they're fighting. You just, like, want to go grab some ramen or something? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, essentially, that's essentially what Kylo wanted, you know? It was just like, who cares about light side, dark side? You're like, join me. Like, we'll, we'll control all this. It'll be okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think that's like kind of was his goal. Yeah, just like just to walk off and get some ramen. Yeah, let's let's touch on two more things because we 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 brushed over it, and I want to just say it out loud. I loved the revelation that Ray's parents were nobodies, and I, I loved Kylo's speech about it. Of like, yeah, this isn't your story. You are nothing to this entire story. Like, you your parents were nobodies. You're a nobody. Um, I thought that was fantastic. I think that a lot of people hated that like really hard. Oh. Like, I don't. Did anyone else see it coming? I didn't. I didn't know where they were gonna take it. Um, I think the and I didn't hate the answer. I think the thing that I was a little. I think I was just a little bummed that it seemed like they had spent a lot of energy, uh, you know, innuendo and dialogue and screen time on the question, and then it was answered in ten seconds. Like there was no. Yeah. There wasn't anything that, and it was fine. I just, I, I, it seemed a little, there were nobody and now we're going to move on. <laughs> well, which was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, I, I like the sort of MacGuffin of like the false like thing of like, yeah, like it's, oh, it's this big, huge question and it's going to, you know, it's going to be meaningful. And for it to be meaningful, you know, she would have had to have been a Skywalker. She would have had to have been a solo. And, I hate it when things are like so tidy 
like that, you yeah. know, like, yeah. it, like it, she shouldn't be someone who is the savior. I mean, like, like, look at, look at the people who were important in original star Wars. Like Han Solo was, was nobody because he was just, he was just Han Solo. Um, you know, Anakin Skywalker became this incredibly important character and he was nobody. He was just a kid who was into pod racing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so I like that. I like that. It turns out you don't have to have family ties to make you important. You can make you important. Um, yeah, I think yeah. that was and cool. I think what her whole cave, you know, revelation. Yeah. Was hinting towards. I think that the way that they had to deal with all of the different components of this movie, as opposed to the first one, felt very much a Ray-centric story. Like every everything was geared towards you know her. Yeah. In that one, and this one, it's kind of going off, and so we never really felt that completion of how did that make Ray feel. Sort of revelation after you know Kylo busts out with you're right. Oh yeah, like they're nobody. You're nothing in this. Like there's not a lot of time for her to process that, and there's not a lot of reflection time. Yeah, after. yeah, that's very true. Yeah. yeah. So it just feels it does. It feels like a one off. Like okay, so that happened, and, and, and we're moving on, and we're not touching it anymore. Like I, I think that the answer was good. I just I think like Lit said, maybe a little introspective reflection from her, or yeah, a little. Well, I, I'm I'm hoping that that the third movie is where we get that. Like, I, I, yeah. I and that that's probably putting a lot on like that shoulder, that that movie's shoulders to like you know to to make me feel good about the things that happen in this movie. But um, I, I really hope that that was like sort of a you know softball over the plate that then that movie can kind of hit that out of the park. But but we'll see, we'll see how that works. Yeah. I think it's sure. really open. Yeah. Can can we just hope that some YouTuber out there will also make the like five minute video of Chewie being allowed to be sad that his, his life debt friend died. Can we let Chewie be sad and not mad, but sad <laughs> that his best friend in the whole galaxy died in the last movie? I never Lit needs Chewie to grieve. He needs him yes, to, to recognize. I love me some Chewbacca. <laughs> love me some Chewbacca. And in the original screenplay, wasn't supposed to be Ewoks, was supposed to be, Wookies, so I love me some arboreal Wookies. <laughs> but no, no, they just move over the fact that Chewbacca lost his best friend because everybody else is more important. That, we that... have to stick him with the consumer pricing report character. <laughs> that, wait, that is true. Like, 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 like Chewbacca essentially lost his life partner, right? Like he he didn't just yeah. lose his best friend; he lost his his partner <laughs> for fifty years right. or however long. I mean, they were partners, yeah, right. like. The whole, the whole thing around the Wookiee life debt is that he pledged himself to Han Solo for whatever Han did for him, yeah. however they've shaped it in this universe. Is like, like, yep, I'm your dude forever. And then you yeah, have to yep. lose that. And we never got to reflect on that. I realized they had a lot of parts, and that I really enjoy Chewie, and so I was just sad that they didn't even give him like. They they had a that couple compressed that others had in this movie. It would have been cool just to have like a long shot of him in the cockpit and just like staring at Han's seat, like empty or something. Yeah, just like yes. just like yeah, a real exactly. like a real moment, totally. just melancholy, just like yeah, he's he's real sad too. No one stops to ask about Chewie, but look, he's real sad. Yep, um, but no, instead we we put in a screaming pygmy, whatever guinea pig, 
<laughs> so, so are are you telling me, Ross, that you are you're 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 definitely con on Porg in the pro and con column for Porgs? Perhaps we should reconsider the Porgs. <laughs> is that the is I that the title to your essay? I think, I think we need. I think KFC is missing out on a really golden <laughs> sponsorship opportunity here. I. Listen, the Porgs were not my favorite part of the movie, but I really appreciate that 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 they did the whole like Chewy cooked a Porg thing. I like that. I like that they went there. <laughs> I saw some. Uh, I saw some concept art with the Porgs um, that when they were playing with the like they were down by the lightsaber, one of them was supposed to have turned it on and incinerated one of the others, just like just ran it straight through. <laughs> So if you if you go if you lean on the porgs in that direction of like they constantly get cooked they constantly get eaten they constantly get incinerated I would have been so yes. on board with porgs definitely been more on board with the porgs but they just like they leaned into them so hard with before you even knew what they were yeah and then I was yeah uh, it's like really do we need another round of Ewoks apparently we do <laughs> this movie's not going to make enough money with its Star Wars branded citrus. <laughs> fruit in my grocery store we need the porg okay great yeah the the fact that the fact that they were selling like plushies of these things before you before you essentially you'd even seen them in a trailer you you knew it's like oh this is just gonna be so paint by numbers like just just kids you know but they they like let's just have the porgs and annihilate themselves and every like everything possible (laughs) yeah even if they had been like two hopping on the back of the fall as it fires up, they just like they do the full on uh, wily coyote where they turn like crisp and then they just puff out that smoke and fall down. Right. Yep, I would have been on board for that. Right, I want them to be just lemmings, just constantly yeah. dead, like dead by the millions in every movie. And we did see that, like, essentially there is an infestation of them on the Falcon now, right? Like they're they're everywhere in that ship. Right. So maybe yep. in the next week we just continue killing porgs. That's just what. That's all I want. <laughs> It's just I don't want them just to be biting through wires and just electrocute itself and yeah just everything's yeah just just dead dead porgs. Dead yeah, porgs. The only good porg is a dead porg. <laughs> uh, oh, and it didn't help that I just got back from Disney right before this, and everything in every store was like porg central. Like the I can imagine chirp or whatever they do was everywhere. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm so over the porgs. I haven't even seen this movie, and I'm so over the porgs. <laughs> oh man! I, I, so I'm reading your notes, Ross, here for Star Wars. I have one more question: What does a movie made for my mom mean? <laughs> so I feel like this movie is a mile wide and an inch deep. Okay, like it hit all. So wow, shots fired the, at Ross's mom. <laughs> yes, but as far as her Star Wars is concerned, because okay. like you said, as she came out of the, she was very much a fan of the original trilogy. She liked Luke, Han, and Leia, and this movie plucked each of those chords. Sure. Right? Okay. Like, we had Han, we did the little remembrance with with Leia and people, and then you had Leia. We haven't even gotten to, to her weirdness. Oh, yeah. But, and then, like, we have Luke, and so, like, all of those notes were struck, and so she super enjoyed it. She was willing to, like, go back around, literally walk out of the theater Go pay another ticket and walk right back in on Christmas Day. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Nice. She asked if we really wanted to go get dinner. I was like, yeah, I'm a little hungry. I don't want to watch this movie again, like, immediately. I need some digestion time. That's fantastic. 
<laughs> so that is what that that okay. note means of like it didn't <laughs> i wanted it to investigate some of these deeper long running through the lore yeah th- issues of like what does it really mean to be a jedi and how does the light and the dark side work to be balanced how does balance work if you have you know are you going to have two legions of medium powered people that fight for light and dark or you just have like these two beacon users of the super dark side, the super light side, or is all of that made up and it kind of blends in the middle. <laughs> but no, like Princess Leia was in it. Mom got to see uh, Mark Hamill go ham. Yep. So she was pretty happy. She was like, oh, I've been waiting for that for like 30 years for him to actually do something. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> like, Great, Mom. So happy. <laughs> let's, let's, the briefest of moments, let's touch on the, um, yes, the, the, general organa the the leia in space moment um oh my god that was a, oh that was a huge god. mistake right they should have that was the, the worst scene in the movie it was oh god okay my two the two the the i've been wanting got to me out of so, the, the the got me out of the movie i hate i am the i am the most i love looking at movies i love talking about movies i love critiquing movies but when I'm generally like when I'm sitting in there watching a movie, the movie has to be really bad for me to say that was a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's good for the podcast, but I will be the guy who's like, <laughs> you know, was it like people come, hey Scott, how was the movie? I'm like, ah, it was okay. and they'll go see it. Like, that was terrible. How did you <laughs> Because I generally like I just enjoy I try to just enjoy. First of all, that is one hundred percent me too. I, I love <laughs> loving things. Everything's I love Suicide Squad. Carry on. That's all. Yep, I'm so glad you made me have to be the bad guy. <laughs> you so, are like slash and slay things right out of the movie theater. Thank you so much. But the two moments that just I hate being brought out of enjoying of that enjoying the movie feeling, you know, and the, the I understand it's a big science fiction movie, but the space it's a vacuum. It's a you can't. There's yeah. no. That and please, bombs cannot fall in space. There's no, <laughs> you cannot fall in space. There's no falling. Bombs can't fall. No, but like, you know, the gravitational bombs pull of the Star Destroyer. Fall in space. I mean, Star Wars has okay, never. Done. That's it. That's all I, that's all I had. Yes. I mean, I 100% agree with both of those. Star Wars, I guess, has never been, like, very accurate in their space physics and, you know, the realities of space. And, yeah. you know, the, 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 the scene where they cut the sound on the explosion in space was so jarring because they've never done that before ever. You there know? was no sound yes. in space. That was awesome. That yeah. was. Uh, yeah. But, but, yeah, the. The the like Carrie Fisher just supermaning <laughs> through space was the worst. Like you know, like so my whole thought was like, so she could do that, and we went through an entire movie to find Luke, right? Who doesn't want to do that anymore, <laughs> right? She she can do that, and like you know, I was reading like explanations about it online. People were saying like, you know, yeah, it's like adrenaline is pumping, and 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 human beings can do extraordinary things, right? Like a mom can lift a car off her off her child or something, like things like that. So that was like her tapping into her like innate force abilities and she can do incredible things that she couldn't normally do. It was like, 
okay, but also, like, we had to write Carrie Fisher out somehow. Like, wouldn't that have been a fine way to do it? Like, like I mean, instead yes. of having her fly through they space. They totally could have edited. They could have, I mean, it would have, they would have had to change a lot, obviously. Sure. But that would have been a nice, like, I don't know. It, this movie felt so many times, like, like, perfect points to just, like, like beautifully write her out and have a nice little poignant thing at the end. But instead it was just like, I'm back. Like so many times in this movie, it was like, like she flies out in space and I was like, Oh, so this is how they're doing it. And then she just Superman's across my screen. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And then she's like out, like, uh, you know, because the, the, the other lady takes over and it's like, okay, so, you know, Leia's gone and maybe, maybe we just won't see her anymore. And then all of a sudden she like, she like shoots Poe. I was like, okay, so I guess, I guess we're back now. All right, here we go. <laughs> yep. Cause I thought they were just going to like leave her. Me too. Like, and it just fade away and it would just be a never answered question. Yeah. <laughs> so now, uh-huh. now they have to answer that somehow. They have to either yeah, like the whole ending scene with the dice and somehow that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. And we like, I had to go and like scour for YouTube videos where someone Explained the dice to me. Wait, and what? they're there. Oh, the are yeah, they? I know what you're I, I've been wondering. I haven't gone back and watched the old to see if. Yeah, they are there in like one scene in A New Hope. <laughs> I'm like, really? In one scene? Okay, great. <laughs> that's good. That's nice. Anyway, because that's what I'm thinking when. Because my then question is so, at all these times to write Carrie Fisher out, and then you get her at the end, and somehow she believes that the dice are there or she knows they're not and is looking at the projection of the dice that are <laughs> fake and then they disappear which is super powerful but still i'm just so confused perfect and i think that is my overall impression of the force away just so confused <laughs> so confused parts of it were so great yeah i i i definitely overall like i, I really liked the movie i i came out like being super jazzed about it um you know, I, it, it is what it is, as it, it were. Is. So, like, top points for me was that they didn't go with the classic mentor mentee. Yep. You know, I, master. I, I appreciate princess. That. I like that Luke pushed back on that. I enjoyed Mark Hamill in this movie, but I thought that he was just a, his uh, Joker voice was coming through too much, and I, <laughs> just like, uh, like, can we just let him be the Joker? Like, this would be great. I, Right, hard right turn, and we just go full on Batman in this movie. <laughs> he's just, I'm, he's like, just I'm the fine. Yep, I'm fine. Just <laughs> let it happen. I really liked it. I had fun with it. I hope there's more lightsabers and space battles in the next one, but I was, it was good. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, let's wrap this podcast up with, uh, let's round it out here. I want to talk about just sort of, you know, best of the year stuff as we are closing out 2017 here. Um, you know, I, I put up my. Uh, top 10 movies, top 10 games uh, show, which if you guys are subscribed to Pretty Decent, you can you can check those out. Um, so, you know, those were my experiences for the year. So I'd love to hear what you guys thought, you know, just in general, like like the best stuff you watched this year, the best stuff you played this year. If you are a book reader, best stuff you read, just anything about this year in pop culture that you enjoyed and want to tell the world about. And we'll let Scott go first. Sure. Um, best of so I, I I really I really dug the the game of the year uh, vid that you did. Oh, thank you, Josh. And uh, it got me thinking about about games. I didn't. I don't even know if I played ten brand new games of the year, but I really <laughs> thought 
gaming in general, I really did pay a lot of attention to the news and I watched a lot of uh, gameplay of, of different things this year. And it was just a crazy 2017 was a crazy year. We had the debacle that was Star Wars Battlefront 2, oh, yeah. the the debacle that was Mass Effect Andromeda. Like there was some real loved content out there that just crashed and burned and then there was the complete opposite end of the spectrum the the zelda breath of the wilds and the horizon zero dawn mm-hmm. and a lot of really cool and arms arm yeah arms out, out of cool. nowhere i haven't played it but it looks cool like there was some fun um so i thought gaming in 2017 was really interesting yeah it was Um, it was it was a big year like i mean and then you have the stuff like you know player unknowns battlegrounds coming out of nowhere um just to like like blow up the world essentially like it's the you know most streamed thing on twitch usually and stuff like it was a it was a big year for like big new games to make make big splashes which is awesome yeah for sure i think um any any best of that i would have to say about 2017 um I really enjoyed watching uh, Near Automata. Um, I have a couple of streamers that I follow, and it's this crazy. If you haven't seen it, go check yeah. it out. It's a insane. I guess it's kind of a, a. I don't even know how to describe it. It's a third person. It's a first person. It's a top-down shooter. It's a. They cram all these different genres together, and the art style of it, I really enjoyed for being. a a game that is mostly gray. I thought they <laughs> did a really good job. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch. I'm a little tempted to try and play it at some point when it goes on sale, but it also, like, the skill required to play it well looks uh, pretty top tier, and I'm definitely uh-huh. not going to fit into that <laughs> category, but I think that game um, was looked really cool. Also, um, Neo. I uh, had a lot of fun watching that one again the the skill required to to do it well i think would be a little lacking on my part but i think that one was uh really um you know everyone the the, the dark souls and oh it's like a new dark souls and yeah but i think it i think it did its own thing as well i mean the 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 loot system in that one how how differently you can customize yourself visually how differently you can customize the gameplay you know, range and up close and fast and slow play. And um, uh, th- that was a really fun one to to take a look at. And I have to give a little shout out because I had so much fun playing it. The little Pan Pan game from the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. <laughs> was a crazy, I was definitely one of those, like I had no idea what it was. I saw the art, the vector art style of it. And I was like, I need to see what this is. It's five bucks. I could buy coffee or i can play this game <laughs> i spent you know three four hours playing through this really weird puzzle vector art game with no no words no language no words no they just plop you down and say okay here you go and that was a really fun um it was the best five bucks i spent in 2017 nice. for sure so two things one one you mentioned horizon zero dawn and near and those are like my two big misses for this year, like the two big games that like I wanted to play and just didn't get around to playing this year because Horizon Zero Dawn looks amazing. And the you know expansion it's that came out fun. also it's looks amazing. Fun. And I, I just, I need at some point in 2018, I need to just like kill some robo dinos. Like I need to make sure that that happens. And near automata, I just kept hearing good things over and over and over about that game. You know, I, 
I didn't play the first Nier, but I know that they're like not like super related um, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a game that I need to for sure check out because I kept hearing over and over about how good that was. You, you mentioned watching games, and, and 2017 was really the year that like I fully understood like Twitch streamers and like watching Twitch streamers as a replacement for playing games sometimes because like, I kind of got into it this year because. Uh, before that, before this year, I'd, I'd been like, I don't really get it. Like, I don't really necessarily want to watch someone play a game when I can just go play a game myself. And it was, it was stuff like Player Unknowns, Battlegrounds, and stuff like Fortnite that really made me understand because those games, like, I they're stressful, they're hard, and like me playing one of those games is just me running around having a dress-up simulator while I, like, look for armor and then suddenly right. getting shot in the back and not knowing what happened. And, like, <laughs> watching someone who's actually, like, good at it play it is, like, a whole different experience. And you get to, like, you get to kind of, like, live vicariously as if you're, like, watching kind of, like, a horror movie of just, like, oh, my gosh, like, there's somebody in there, be careful. And, like, you get to, like, do that with them. So, like, I, you know, I fully got into, like, the world of, like, of Twitch streaming and stuff and understood it a bit more and found streamers that I liked and stuff. And, and that has been kind of, like, a big thing in gaming for me this year. So, yeah. How about you, Ross? So, my 2017 has been really weird, right? Like, I finished up school, so I had been on a very limited diet of pop culture and, and movies and video games for a while. Um, so I've been playing a little bit of catch up this year. Yeah. Um, definitely the games that looked that I watched a little bit on Twitch that just seemed like I would really enjoy, but I don't own the console for were uh, the crap. It just went out of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yep. I feel like I would love that sort of game and Zelda. Uh, Zelda, I'm working on acquiring the console for that. Yeah. So that I can play it Woo. because I love me some Zelda and I feel like I've allowed enough time in between iterations i did for some reason like my folks went through this phase where they had a wii for whatever reason i don't know why <laughs> perfect I, like they didn't have like it when i lived with them like that. now <laughs> that seems incredible did a few years ago so i played twilight and it was like okay but i just <laughs> like played half of it on christmas break or something yeah and so i feel like there's been enough time and i've let zelda that i would be willing to get into even if they followed the original formula and then they've since tweaked it to make it more interesting and puzzly and things like that. I think it could be really fun to play uh, kind of like a couch co-op game of like have somebody help you with the puzzles and things like, you know, a, yeah, a not siloed experience. I think Josh, you were saying that you and your wife had played it that way. Yep. That's exactly how we did it. It was like a, it was a, kind of a joint thing. Like it became this kind of like weird, like family activity of like, all right, we're going to sit down and we're going to like make decisions together. And like, we're going to decide like where to go next together. And you know, she's going to make fun of me when I die constantly. And uh, yeah, it became, it became this like thing that was essentially like a co-op game without, you know, it being co-op, which was, is kind of a weird thing, right? Cause it is this like singular solo RPG that that actually like worked out really well as a um, a co-op. When I I had my old apartment, for uh, grad school, my girlfriend came over and I was playing uh, Darksiders, I think. Yeah. Where, like, you're the god of war. Like, which is basically four... Zelda. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. The four, you're one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And that's exactly what could help me with the puzzles. Like, why don't you go there? Like, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to walk off the edge. Like, yes, I know that. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, I we... think Zelda would be really fun. Uh, but it's been like slowly saving up to buy a console, which I'm sure I will find excuses to buy games for. But essentially, trying to talk myself into purchasing a console for one game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um. If a game could ever do it, Zelda Zelda is definitely that game. But yeah, that's that is sometimes hard to to make that leap. Um, just recently, so this might be a, a hard turn from a topic, but I really enjoy video game soundtracks. Yep, I was going to ask you about this. Yep. Yes, and I was super stoked to find a random link on a certain Reddit website. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that that led me to uh, the music of the spheres. I don't know if any either of you are familiar with that. I think probably uh, Scott is. L- let's yep. assume that no one listening is though, because this is an interesting okay. story. So the music of the spheres is Martin O'Donnell. Good old Martin. His original his original score. If you don't know who Martin O'Donnell is, he is the guy that wrote the Halo soundtracks. So he is the guy behind Bungie's first three Halo games. He did Halo Reach. And he did a lot of the score on Destiny. So through whatever set of circumstances, however you feel about the bungee machine, in the first game, lots of reshuffling happened, both in terms of personnel and in story. And the music of the spheres got cut. Like, parts of it got chopped up and rearranged and turned into different soundtracks. And it finally rose to the surface. And this is a sound... This is a uh, an album that had essentially been given out at like uh gaming conventions and tech conferences and things like that like itunes recognized it you could search for it you just couldn't ever purchase it because it never got fully released and it surfaced over christmas break and i find it to be absolutely delightful both being a fan of the original destiny game and played thousands upon thousands of hours of it uh it's actually how scott and i met which is kind of a weird internet relationship that has turned out pretty cool <laughs> versus the IRL one that turned into an internet relationship when Josh and I were no longer proximal. <laughs> but the music of the spheres is so much fun and there's a whole lot of emotion through it. And you could just think about what had been a little bit or it's, what might've been a little bit with this soundtrack. It's also a collaboration with Paul McCartney too, which is even a weirder aspect. It of is. It. Just hilarious because they turn like Paul McCartney's contribution into a super weird <laughs> track in the original Destiny. It's like part of the jukebox in the back of this bar. Oh. Like sometimes <laughs> this NPC visits. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah, know like about it's, that. Not, it's not in the game in any sort of like upfront fashion. It's kind of slid in there on the backside. But no, it's definitely Paul McCartney. Huh. So it's certainly like his. So you know, yeah, he he was a big thing in the you know Halo scores and and the Halo scores were like for for even pre- for people who aren't into like music scores and like movie scores and stuff like um, the Halo ones were like like very recognizable like they, they were they they were like the Star Trek theme of of video games and and you know that was. Uh, it was a big thing, like knowing his name and stuff was was not is not surprising. He's he's a massive name or was a massive name in uh, in in game music. So you know his like falling out with Bungie and like leading to this not actually getting released was like was big news at the time. So it's yeah. kind of it's kind of cool all these years later to like have like you know have it get leaked but be able to like hear it. That's kind of neat. So that that's been I've been listening to that uh, periodically. I'm... So, strangely, it is one of the plus sides to going back to work 
in that I will have to wear my big poofy headphones. There you go. And have something to listen to without words. And it's going <laughs> on the top of the queue i also really <laughs> appreciate how happy he was that it got leaked because his yes. like his twitter account was just like he like he like retweeted something and he was because someone like sent him a link uh which was just an image of them listening to it and he like retweeted it was like i don't even know how you got this but that's awesome basically was his his message and yeah. then, then it clearly like someone filled him in because then he was like tagging the person who who leaked it and he was like thanking them and like he was super excited it was like it was like really cute how how like yeah. how adorably how excited he was if you listen to uh because like he got interviewed a couple times after the game has a really nice score how was it to work on it he always remained super professional but you could tell he was just really bummed by the final product yeah and he's like so what got put out is originally intended what i think more of <laughs> in this in the sense of like an old school symphony that builds on one another and there's movements in it and so i have all these different pieces and they build on one another and blah 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 and like it just never came like they chopped sliced and diced it and things like that like there's if you're into the lore of Destiny and you look at the original soundtrack, there's lots of little hints as to like what might have been in there. In this one, you can like feel these movements and the tension and things like that that kind of fit in with some of the Halo flavors of like huge action and then like oh there's this lull, so this must have been a revelation or <laughs> you know component something like that. I don't know. I'm a little geeky with my <laughs> soundtracks, but I really enjoyed <laughs> listening to it on the car ride home. So, I don't know if my girlfriend did, but I did. <laughs> She's like, this is the worst. <laughs> I was driving, so that evened itself out pretty easy. There you go. It's, it's like when I, you know, force my wife to listen to, like, the giant bomb cast for hours on end on road trips. You know, it's the same thing. <laughs> Put up with us. <laughs> oh, uh, awesome. So those are my, my big ones coming out. Uh, other games that, like, games and sorts of things, uh, video games are most of my pop culture uh, diet nowadays. Uh, game that I am terrible at, but had a, a blast playing when you did your uh, your 24-hour stream yeah. is Cuphead, even though we never played it together. <laughs> just being able to commentate yeah, what that was, was happening to me and how terrible I am was great. I have not picked it up since then, but I did enjoy being terrible at that game. That was my, that's my exact experience with Cuphead as well. I was like, man, I really enjoyed like yelling at you about how terrible it was going and the game's amazing. And like, I've watched some streams of it stuff and it's great. I'm just so bad at it that I, I couldn't in good conscience put it on my list because it was like, I, I made it through like two levels in this game. I can't, I can't do it. But um, no. I'm still I'm still beating my head against like every night na- like it's not every night but like you know just pretty consistently a couple of times a week I'm like <laughs> all right sit down for an hour I'm like I'm gonna work on this one I'm I've worked my way like halfway through the second nice. island but it's the slowest going ever I, have, I haven't <laughs> made it through the introductory garden yeah <laughs> I have it not was... beat a single level of that game. Like when I was playing it that day with Ross, it was such a stressful experience. Like my hands were shaking, my palms were sweating. It was like I have to stop. Like I'm going to like kill myself. I have to keep playing video games for like hours more. Like I can't, I can't play this game anymore. Um, but gosh, what a cool game! Yeah, like that's such a neat, um, neat little thing that came out. It's that's one of those games people are gonna be talking about for years. People are gonna continue to like you know speed run and play for years and years and years because it's just, it's just so unique. Great. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. Um, briefly for movies, Thor Ragnarok was fun. I enjoyed that movie thoroughly. Uh, Wonder Woman was probably my favorite character 
Yeah, she was great. Definitely. And favorite per- superhero performance of 2017. Uh, and then as far as looking ahead to 2018, maybe a role in which we can f- see a fully-fledged John Boyega bring his acting prowess to a hallowed franchise in uh, Pacific Rim 2. <laughs> yeah, finally, John Boyega oh, is going to be acting in a good franchise. <laughs> Let's like one like Star Wars is okay, but like Pacific Rim, yeah, let's do that. Pacific Rim, <laughs> I'm, I'm on board. So nervous for that movie. I'm on uh, board. I I I really hope they understand the thing about Pacific so Rim. Bad. I, I, maybe maybe listen if if uh, Fast and the Furious can can knock it out of the park <laughs> nine times. <laughs> <laughs> then I have faith oh, that Pacific Rim. Now I'm not quite so confident in Pacific Rim. <laughs> Don't even get me started. I will. I will give I you my manifesto. I know. Again, <laughs> and I love it. But uh, I just think this is where our differs. We divert pretty hard on the Fast and Furious franchise. That that we do. That we do. <laughs> I, uh, I think from those trailers, like the little bits they put out of that, it seems like they know exactly what is up with Pacific Rim. It's, I'm not sure if they can deliver on it, but they fully understand how... It's robots versus yes. monsters. Yeah. They, they fully and get that. I hope that. they don't fall into the Guardians of the Galaxy. First one, they knew what they were about, and they tried to replicate it and couldn't. The first one of Pacific Rim, like, yeah, they pretty clearly knew what they are about. They're not selling you anything that's not on, literally on the cover of the box. <laughs> yeah. Giant giant monster they're probably gonna fight <laughs> but that's what they delivered on i just hope that they stick through and like don't try to make it some sort of well-intentioned you know le- life lesson like now i just want to see giant robots fight giant monsters <laughs> right on all right i think it's gonna do it then for us gentlemen um so we will we will wrap it up um ross where can the people find you on the internet if you want to i don't know shout out your social or something as the kids do uh-huh. As as the kids do, well, you could find me on the at litu underscore eighty seven if you would like to bug me there. Wonderful. How about you, Scott? Folks can find me on Twitter at schmizmar nine. That's s c h m i z m a r nine. And you can also come check out some gameplay on Twitch TV slash schmizmar nine. Awesome. Hear that, Ross? He has two things to shout out. He does, and I have one. I'm just so afraid people actually show up. <laughs> Desperately no, afraid someone will actually gotta watch. Gotta put it out there. Right. So I do. I need to find a schedule. See, Scott actually has a schedule, <laughs> and he's, he's pseudo professional about it. I tend to stream whenever Scott streams, so I do do Twitch occasionally. But you can probably just go and have a much what, more enjoyable experience with Scott. What do you, What do you do in counter programming, Scott, over here? What's, what's no, we're, we're literally in the same game, playing same the same level. <laughs> You're just the WCW <laughs> to his WWF, just like same time. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Transformers. He's, he's the like, GoBots. He's definitely yeah, the GoBots. Go-bots. Just GoBots. Whatever the play school equivalent would be. Uh... Uh, as far as Pretty Dece in general, make sure that you uh, like Pretty Dece on Facebook, facebook.com slash Pretty Dece Show. Uh, follow me slash the show on Twitter at Pretty Dece Show. Visit com for all the video content. Uh, and uh, if you are listening on YouTube, make sure you subscribe there. If you are listening in the podcast, please subscribe to the podcast and review. That definitely helps us out a ton. We'll be back again tomorrow for another regularly scheduled episode of Pretty Dece. We'll be back for another one of these probably in about two weeks. We'll see kind of when, when schedules align. We wanted to get this one out the door. Uh, so thanks very much for joining us. We'll be back later. Peace.
You're not recording this, right? Oh, I totally am. Yeah, this is an outtake for sure. <laughs> it's time to geek out with Josh or This is great. Well done. Well done, gentlemen. Welcome to Pretty Dece. I am Josh Meek, the Uber Geek. <laughs> just, you just do the whole, whole episode. Josh, you don't even need to be here. <laughs> yeah. You can totally just, uh, you've got some errands you got to run. Yeah. Or... I'll, just, I'll just pop in like 15 minutes in if you guys have the whole intro out of the way. It'll be great. <laughs>